Welcome to Side Talks. Uh, yes, welcome <laughs> to Side Talks. Everything I'm going to do today is going to be in this voice. That's that's uh, that's alarming. I think people no. might uh, delete this podcast if you truly do everything in that voice. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm chilling out. I'm chilling hey, out. this is a podcast about movies. Who the hell are you? I am Rachel Morgan. I'm the creative director for the Sidewalks Film Center Cinema Stuffs. The sidewalk, you know, the, the, thing, the thing you walk on outside, you, direct, you you program cinema for that. I'm Corey Kraft, uh, and we're here to talk about movies uh, starting now. Let's do it. We're off. Get ready for a five-minute fight. Five-minute round one fight. Guess what it's time for? It's time for a five-minute fight. Five-minute fight! Let's what are we fighting clock. about, bitch? What, what? What are we fighting about, bitch? Oh, yeah. Well, we're fighting about... Okay, this is one I expect <laughs> to lose. We're fighting about the curious case of Benjamin Button, the uh, B- the David Fincher-directed movie, another David Fincher-directed movie um, that everybody doesn't like but me. Did the clock start? We got it? We good? Okay. The clock has started. Uh, this is a weird movie. I'm not going to dispute that. A weird movie about death and and loneliness and isolation and sadness and how sometimes people uh, enter your life and define it in in curious and unusual ways. Um, and in this case, the uh, the main character is a man who ages backwards. He is born a super old man, and he uh, <laughs> he ages backwards and uh, has a lifelong romance with Kate Blanchett. Uh, the man in question is played by Brad Pitt in one of his best roles. I think it's one of Kate Blanchett's best roles. And for 2008, when this movie was released, it represented, I think, some really state-of-the-art visual effects that mm-hmm. wowed me uh, as a younger person. So, Rachel, speak for the people of the world. Tell me why Benjamin oh, Button man. is, in fact, a bad movie, because I have never been convinced. Okay, first of all, I wish this was a weird movie. And that's part of its problem. It's mm. not that weird. It is pretty It's weird. not that weird. And I, lo- I love how long it took you to get to Brad Pitt because that's the hook. That's the hook for you. It's the hook for anybody <laughs> who likes this movie. It's like, who doesn't want to watch Brad Pitt age backwards? Me. Um, <laughs> it's, it is not it, – the, this is one of those that drives me nuts because it's a long list of them uh-huh. where it promises to be interesting and deep and it's so surface. It, everything is on the surface. There's no subtext. You know this is a complaint of mine with a lot of films. Mm. This is one of them that, that brings this big promise of we're going. I'm going to show you something about life and the way the world works. And then you watch it and you're like, okay, everything is right there. And so it makes it's for. I, I just feel like it's like one of those that people go like, I'm so smart because I watched and got this movie. No, they gave you everything you needed. There was not a minute of subtlety. And I was psyched for this film, just so you know. Mm-hmm. I saw the trailer. I was like, oh, that's so cool. This looks so great. I can't wait for it. I'll buy a aging backwards bullshit. <laughs> I'll buy some crap. But it you've got to fulfill it. And it's it's just – I could just have stopped a while ago and said this movie is so dumb. It's so stupid. Yeah, but okay, like – to call him like a fantasy, like a magical realist movie about a guy who ages backwards, dumb is <laughs> is not, I think, like the best criticism. Um, you know, it's a good call, trailer. It's a good trailer. The trailer it's, it's is a great trailer. The, the score the, is great. The direction okay. is great. Oh. I mean, all of the elements in this movie <laughs> come together marvelously, and I've never really understood audience ambivalence to it when. You know, the same audience, The you know, the, I'm speaking, of course, in massive generalities now, but the same audience wholeheartedly embraces something like Forrest Gump, you know, okay. 14 years earlier, which is, you know, 
compare. I'm not going to argue. I, might, I would argue that Forrest Gump is kind of shit too. And if you want to well, put that to the list, we can. I don't. But this film is so stupid. <laughs> mm. It is so dumb. I'm sorry, but it is. Kate Blanchett. It's great. Uh, don't I know? That's I'm 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 in support of Kate Blanchett. Little, you got a little Tilda Swinton in there too. I know. Nothing those things, those are the shining moments, and it's a great concept. I do actually like the concept a lot, but it is very 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 stupid, and I just. I don't understand how you're embracing them. Maybe it was because were you five when you watched it? I do think it's great for a six or seven year old. It's just for an adult. It's 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 not working. Baby's it's first not David Fincher movie. It's like yes. a little golden yes. book. This is a chi- this is a children's book. Oh my goodness. This is goodness. a children's book. This is a film for babies. This is not a film for adults. I don't I don't understand how you could say that when it's not exactly a feel good movie. It is a movie about the imminence. Uh, and inevitability of losing everyone and everything that you care about. I it's mean, a dark movie Corey, that, that is a, told through this this magical realist lens. I wrote a thesis about how, I mean, the basis of my thesis in, in grad school was that children should definitely be raised on horror films. Because we've, and I'm not even, you're laughing, but this is not a joke. No, because I don't we've believe lo- it's a we've joke. Lost the sort of, we've lost the element of a fairy tale, which was to provide you the opportunity, a child, the opportunity to get used to death because everybody is going to die. Yeah. So I, I'm in support of this being a baby movie because <laughs> it is made for babies. It has baby logic and it's stupid. Mm. Uh, well, I, I have used it in my ninth grade <laughs> English class before I've shown it. So I guess I can't entirely disagree with the concept of showing it to children because I have done that myself. Um, but I've done it because I think it's a really, really great movie. Uh-huh. Um, and, and yeah, I, you know, you're just, you're just off base with this one, but so is the rest of the world, I guess. And I mean, I don't, you know, this is another case of, of this is so many covered so many things that we covered before, but it's another case of Brad Pitt's just okay. Mm. He's not that great in this. The fact that you put this up there as as one of the better performances, I won't argue with because pick any one of them, it's the same. Mm, we've already fought about Brad. Pitt. I know, but I'm just saying he's not special in this movie either. Mm. I'm just gonna growl because I don't. I, 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 you, you just already know how much I disagree with that shit. I mean, what else? So give me one more thing that's good about this film because I feel like I've just won. I, I feel don't know, like it's we get beautifully just... shot. The cinematography oh, is beautiful. It's okay. it's, it's, yeah, it, it, the. Uh oh. So yeah, I guess this will be short. Um, Rachel says it's bad. It should definitely be weirder. Um, doesn't really believe in the aging backwards bullshit. Um, it's definitely a dark film for babies. I'm not sure. I'm entirely in support of showing the film to baby literal babies um but i get the point that she is arguing um cory loves it i don't love it it's not the best movie um so i'm gonna say okay cory definitely gets bonus points for brutally criticizing rachel's criticism you can't just say it's you can't just say it's dumb um and the movie itself gets a lot of bonus points for Kate Blanchett and Tilda Swinton, especially Tilda Swinton. So I'm going to say Tilda Swinton wins this argument uh, with Rachel and apparently a bunch of babies in a very close second. Corey it lost a lot of points for this one. It's not a good movie. Yippee! Finally! Oh, big surprise. Big surprise. Home run. Home so run. Sam has bad taste with the rest of the world. Big deal. Also, Sam is probably going to have my back. When I get you the shirt that says, I had fun at Benjamin Button. <laughs> that is the holiday gift of the year. He's the, you're the only one who wants that t-shirt. Sam, what's your fucking problem? Answer that first before we go forward. All right, let's go. Big, big bucks. Today's my day. Let's go. Big bucks. No whammies. No whammies. 
All right, Rachel, it's time for another filmmaker lightning round. I guess lightning can strike twice, or in this case, I don't know, this is like the 14th time we've done this. Uh, Today, we're talking about the films of uh, do-it-yourself auteur Robert Rodriguez, who was a major figure in the sort of 90s indie boom. Absolutely. uh, And has become a fixture of... Uh, not only genre filmmaking, but kind of uh, low-budget do-it-yourself family filmmaking as well with his Spy Kids franchise. So let's let's go over the filmography of Robert Rodriguez. What is a Robert Rodriguez movie that you like a lot? So I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um, for all the reasons you just mentioned, he's you know sort of self-made. Uh, I love I, I love this concept of just sort of I'm going to figure out how to make a damn movie because I want to be a filmmaker, and yeah. he did. Um, just did all the things right and was really just riffing. Didn't even know he was doing them right. So, and he, you know, has a big studio in Austin. Uh, he's just all around, I think, just an interesting, wonderful filmmaker who is really in it for the love of filmmaking. And yes, you know, I also probably have a, you know, a place in my heart for him because he is part of that, that sort of generation, that boom of, of folks who really changed the industry. Yeah. Um, and so I'm going to say a number of films are really up there on my list, but I think I'm going to say um, El Mariachi. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Go back to the beginning. You know, the the true sort of do-it-yourself thing. He makes it for, you know, f- almost like five grand, basically. Something like that. Um, he does it with this, this sort of great, great theories. Goes down to Mexico, has a friend who uh, lives in Mexico and... And, you know, basically walks up to cops and is like, y'all want to be in a movie? That kind of thing, I think, is really admirable. It's a, it's a great film. And I also love some of the theories that he carries with it, which is sort of, we spend no money ever. Yeah. It's like the minute you spend a dollar, you open up the money fire hose and it doesn't stop. So we're going to be cheap. We're going to we're gonna use props and turn them around. We're going to, it's just a great, it's a great film to watch if you're interested in filmmaking in any way, shape or form. Definitely. Because he just cuts a lot of corners in the in the most right way possible. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be basic and say uh, I guess I guess it's a movie that he made once he started getting a little bit more financing and a little bit more of that yeah. studio money. And I'm going to go with From Dusk Till Dawn, which cool. I think is uh, a blast. It's probably my favorite of his movies. Um, if you just look at it from a sheer I don't know enjoyment standpoint, um, especially because of the genre turn, the the hard left turn it takes yeah. into straight up splatter horror territory. Love it. Um, about midway through. And, and you know, that I think I was probably acquainted with George Clooney movie star by that point, because I probably saw it after George Clooney was already sort of minted as a movie star. But boy, um, does he show a lot of his early promise in that one. Um, and Harvey Keitel is great and Juliette Lewis is great. And, yeah. Um, you know, it's just a fun movie. Uh, so what is a Robert Rodriguez movie that you might not like as much as other people do? Sin City. Yeah. You know what? Um, that's probably going to be my answer for a movie that I think I need to revisit because I'll tell you what. 2005 Corey Craft, who read all those Frank Miller comics and was a lot more into comic yeah. books than I am now, was over the moon really? for Sin City. Hmm. I thought it captured the spirit of those Frank Miller books really, really yeah. well. And as I got older, I realized that maybe capturing the spirit of those Frank Miller books was not necessarily the most admirable <laughs> thing in the world to do. Right, right. Um, so I, I, I haven't seen it in forever. I can't argue with you there. Although I will say 
I I expect that if I took a second look at it, I probably wouldn't like it very much because of the sequel yeah. that's relatively recent. I watched it. I think it's more of the same, but I thought the sequel was pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I guess a movie that I don't like as much as other people do. I don't know. I mean, do people like those Spy Kids movies? Because I don't have much use for them, to be honest. No, I think most people don't like them. Yeah. I, I like them. You like them? I think that, you know, I, I like them for a number of reasons, one of which is that programming diverse kids' films yeah. that aren't owned by Disney is really, really tough, and they fall in that category. But I think that they've been forgotten, unlike mm-hmm. a lot of children's films that sort of take us age to age to age. It's just never going to stop. We're always going to be revisiting Goonies. We're always going to be, if you want to consider that a kids' film, which I do, we're always going to be revisiting The Sandlot, you know, all this kind of stuff. And certainly any Disney classic is gets just never gets put on the shelf. Yeah. And this got put on the shelf. Yeah. So I, I think it's better than that. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, you know, maybe I should take another look at this. Yeah. Um, a movie that you might like to see again by Robert Rodriguez. Uh, Desperado. Yeah. Why not? I, I mean, that's another that one of like – It'd be, I mean, that'd be clearly a fun double feature would be El Mariachi and Desperado because uh-huh. Desperado is just this sort of, I've got money now and I can make that film. Yeah. Um, and not a ton of money either, a little bit of money now and I can make that film. So, yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to say The Faculty because mm-hmm. I haven't seen The Faculty in a minute. That'd be fun. I remember loving it as a kid. It was, uh, you know, it's that Kevin Williamson um, – Sort of high school semi slasher, but this one's kind of goopier and it's got more monsters in it, sort of thing. Uh, I was all about it when I first saw it. I'd probably still be all about it, honestly. And that I, that thing, as I recall, has like the most 1998 cast. Oh, it has Josh Hotnet in it. Oh, oh, it also, I believe, has Michelle Williams, which. Yayo. Hey, do you like Michelle Williams? Have you ever talked about her? I never talk about her. Yeah. I never think about her. I never, <laughs> you know, she never crosses my mind at all. Is that is that like that's roughly contemporaneous with Dawson's Creek, right? Like when did yeah. that, when did Dawson's Creek Yeah. Okay, so Creek, I, you're really Creek challenging happen? me here, but cuz I could even be wrong about Michelle Williams being in this. I believe that she is. You'll have to fact check me. I mean, it sounds um, convincing. <laughs> but yeah, it, totally. But no, this is that this is that sort of era of yeah. the of the like, yeah. Of the that particular cast of just Josh Hotnet having his his clear moment and also being kind of like cast as a bit of a scream queen. Yeah. Uh, so is Elijah Wood is as he's kind of like the survivor girl I think in, yeah. in that movie. Um, and also I remember it, it, John Stewart plays a teacher oh, in that God. movie, which is very really? very nineteen ninety eight. You kind of lost me right there. That's um, ridiculous. And and I, I I forgot the the final question of the lightning round because I always do that. Um, but I do want to give a shout out to a couple more of his films. Um, I, we'll talk about a movie with money. Um, his recent film, Alita: Battle Angel. Did you see this? No. It's good. Okay. Well, it's I'll see good. it. I mean, I don't object to it. I just um, haven't seen it. You know, it's a it's a um, special effects. You know, whatever produced by James Cameron. You know. Um, there's, there's a ton of money thrown at the screen, but the thing about Rodriguez is you see every dollar that he spends on a movie on the screen. Yeah. Um, because that's just the kind of filmmaker he is. And another special shout out, he directed an episode of the second season of the Mandalorian, the star Wars show okay. on Disney plus, uh, and he, he killed it. It was a great episode. Well, that's cool. Did he direct the one that has the, where it's eating the little eggs and everybody had a big uproar over no, the genocide? No, uh, but he did direct the one um, spoiler alert where uh, little baby Yoda fall, gets um, 
you know, Yoda napped. Uh, the, oh no! The, the Somebody takes that little yeah, creature. The Imperials uh, grab him up. Um, <laughs> they snack him up. Yeah, they they grab him up, and um, he, he looks he like gets, easy prey. He does. He does, but he was you know he was using the Force, <laughs> and then the Imperials grabbed him, and he gets menaced by Giancarlo Esposito at the end of that episode, and it's amazing. Okay, so he's just fodder for adorableness. That's yeah. all this is, and and it's a testament to how great of an actor Giancarlo Esposito is because he is very believable, menacing this little puppet. It's it's really like great. menacing a. A kitten. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Even um, le- I mean, the kitten's less threatening. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe more threatening. Um, uh, well, let me ask you this. Okay. I think that the other, maybe I'm wrong about this, but isn't isn't the question we missed here on the Lightning Realm the film that you that you like more than other people? Oh, I think that's, that's right. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is your film? I'll tell you mine. I think that I probably like Once Upon a Time in Mexico more than other people do. You probably do. You probably like it more than I do because I, I remember not liking it I like all. it a lot. Okay. Yeah. Um, I guess my answer for that would be Alita Battle Angel, which I think has go. kind of a mixed reputation, but I think it's it's better than than its reputation suggests. Um, so so that's yeah, cool. that's that's kind of my answer there. Well, I'll t- I'll I'll end with one scandalous comment. Okay, as I like to do, he's the only good segment of Four Rooms. Um, I've never seen Four Rooms, so well, I can't, watch it I can't and then it'll probably become a five minute fight because I bet you like what Tarantino tries to do like a rope thing in it. Anyway, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Rodriguez like that. is the only. You might. Mm. He's the only person in the film that directs a good segment. And uh, that's going to get some hate mail. But that was the uh, Filmmaker Lightning Round, so there. And now, Fast Film Terms. Fast Film Terms! Oh, I like it. It's kind of like the Lightning Round, only film terms. Um, But the intro is kind of the same to it, right? They've got the little lightning voice. Yeah, zooming sound effect. Well, let's be fast. Okay. Okay. We've talked about stupid things today. A very stupid thing. Benjamin Button. So oh dumb. So stupid and so baby. And so this is a this is a term that is <sighs> both stupid and baby. Okay. And it is baby legs. Baby legs. Baby legs, which is the dumbest term, and also has the word baby in it. Okay. Uh, I've never heard this term. What are baby legs? It's when you collapse down a tripod. So it's a little short oh, tripod. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And I isn't get it, it stupid? Okay. And so then I have one more fast film term okay. for you, as I often do. Um, let's see here. What if I ask you, what's your 20? This is probably one you can just guess, even if you don't know it. What's, what's your 20? 20? What's your location? That's right. Yeah. Easy. Fast. You just get on the uh, walkie talkies and be like, hey, what's your 20? Hey, what's your 20? You sound cool. Yeah. Uh, I dare you to call somebody this afternoon and be like, hey, just check in. What's your 20? I'm going to call Aaron Pinhas and say, hey, Aaron, what's your, tw- what's your 20 right now? That'll go well. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to this little segment of uh, the podcast of Side Talks. We are your own personal cinematic Yukon Cornelius and Hermie. Do you like it? Uh, which one am I? You're Hermie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was, honestly, I, the physical resemblance, it, 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 it's kind of contradictory. I think I look more like Yukon You're Cornelius, right. but right, I have the Hermie. spirit of a Hermie within me. That's true. So Flip it and reverse it. That's right. Well, thank you for listening to Side Talks. Thank you to Batwell Studios. Give them our where-tos. Uh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and social media of all stripes at, uh, at Sidewalk Film. And uh, check, us, uh, check out our website, SidewalkFest.com, for information on what's going on at the cinema, uh, including the Sundance Partnership that's so Yay. exciting. Uh, can't wait to learn more about that. Uh, until next time, bye. Bye.